the body responds to stress by putting out another hormone called cortisol to deal with the stress. And the first thing cortisol does, it also raises sugar levels to deal with the stress. So now while people are lying in bed at night, they're putting out two hormones that raise sugar. And the whole thing about sugar is that it doesn't matter whether you're eating sugar or making it, if you don't burn it up, body takes all this sugar and puts it into your fat cells for storage as fat. And I am convinced that excess adrenaline is probably the number one cause of weight gain and nobody ever talks about it. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa. Now, today I'm bringing you, I think, is an incredibly fascinating podcast. In fact, I heard about this subject years ago. I even heard Dr. Platt speak in person, and it has always just continuously been at the forefront of my thoughts, of his ideas, his understanding about the human body, a new take on adrenal fatigue, hormones, and so much more. I think you're really going to like what this podcast has to say, and I hope it opens up the door to new possibilities and what it takes to live healthy. Now, of course, this is the place where I believe you were made for living well, which means health is inside of you. You have what you need. You just need to learn how to live it out. And that means working to support your body, not change your body, which are two completely different ends of the spectrum. Change is kind of like, I'm going to force my body to do what I want it to. And supporting your body is the opposite end that says, I'm going to trust my body knows what it needs to do, and I'm just here to help it along that path. Now, ironically, I think if we go with the support end of the spectrum, you're actually going to create the change you've always been looking for, but without the work. Now, like I mentioned, today we're going to dive more into that. We're specifically going to talk about adrenaline dominance, which is a huge issue in our world and in so many people's lives. It's definitely an issue that I've worked through in the last few years and I found so many benefits from, which is again, why I wanted to have Dr. Platt on the show today. Now, Dr. Platt is a world-renowned pioneer in effective dose progesterone, adrenaline dominance, and bioidentical hormone. He has three award-winning books that have won a total of 11 literary awards, including The Miracle of Bioidentical Hormones, Adrenaline Dominance, A Revolutionary Approach to Wellness, and The Platt Protocol for Hormone Balancing. For over 39 years, Dr. Platt has addressed conditions that medical science has defined as impossible to cure. Conditions like depression, bipolar disorder, fibromyalgia, ADHD, autism, RLS, weight gain, road rage, anger, drug and alcohol addictions, and so many more issues that have led tens of thousands of people all over the world to live happy, full, and healthy lives. You can learn more about Dr. Platt and get all of your questions answered at plattwellness.com. I have linked all of it in the show notes, as well as some additional information and resources from today's show that expand on the topic of adrenal fatigue. I have also expanded on the topic of adrenaline dominance and cravings, and you can learn more about that over at thelivingwell.com. Now, while you're at The Living Well, don't forget to get on the weekly fill email letter. I think you're going to love it. It goes more in depth into everyday real life practices that can help you live this out, changing the paradigm in health so you can see it in a new way to create health in your everyday life and putting health back in its intended place. Okay, for now, let's get right to the show and welcome Dr. Platt. Welcome to the show, Dr. Platt. I'm honored that you're on. (laughs) Okay, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, you wrote an amazing book called Adrenaline Dominance. And I'm not gonna lie, I've been in the nutrition space for over 15 years, but this book has constantly stuck with me because I think it addresses a lot of root causes for symptoms and problems that a lot of people suffer with. Can you explain what adrenaline dominance is and why you felt like we needed to have this conversation? Interesting question. Um, Well, most people have heard of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Uh, They think of it as the the fight or flight hormone. Um, What's interesting is that this book, Adrenaline Dominance, is the only book ever written it actually talks about the clinical consequences of too much adrenaline. Now, 
when people have too much adrenaline, that's when they have adrenaline dominance. And, you know, you've heard of people that have, you know, road rage and people that, you know, have ADHD. And there are so many conditions related to excess adrenaline. And every one of them can be can be referred to as adrenaline dominance. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of issues associated with adrenaline dominance, but adrenaline is a very natural substance, even necessary inside of our body. Can you tell us like when a good thing turns bad? Well, you know, adrenaline is a hormone. It's also a neurotransmitter. And as most people, you know, think of it, they think of it as the fight or flight hormone, because when people are in danger, the body pours out adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And what it does, it gets the body ready to either fight the danger or to run away from it. Uh, but that's actually a very rare reason why the body releases adrenaline. Um, what most people do not realize that the body actually releases adrenaline throughout the day and throughout the night. Mm-hmm. And and the reason for that um, is something that most people don't realize that is that the brain uses more sugar than any other tissue in the body. And anytime the body detects that the brain is running out of glucose, which is sugar, it puts out adrenaline to raise glucose levels. Mm -hmm. So the primary function of adrenaline is to raise sugar Mm. for the brain. Um, And this goes on um, every day, and in some people more than others. (laughs) and And a lot of it depends on how much you use your brain. You know, people that are creative, um, these are people that use their brain a lot. Mm-hmm. And these, needless to say, are the people that actually have the most adrenaline. Mm. Yeah. And, talk- and we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah, you talk about that in your book with people who have ADHD tend to be a little bit more on the creative side. It, expand on that a little bit because there are different types of people and some people do express more adrenaline. Well, they're basically, when it comes to ADHD, Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there are basically two different types, even though they have different names nowadays. But the um, what one is called ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and these are the kids that have trouble focusing in, in class, and they and they're hyperactive. They they're restless. They they always talking. Um, and then you have another condition called ADD, which is attention deficit disorder <clears throat> without the hyperactivity. And um, the uh, and these are the people that are actually the creative type ones. So they actually do have a lot of adrenaline, but not not so much as a hormone, but more as a neurotransmitter. And um, and you know, creative people. You know, if you look at people like musicians or the, the music industry, a lot of drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, because people um, that have a lot of adrenaline, they need something to relax. You've mentioned the difference between adrenaline as a hormone and adrenaline as a neurotransmitter. How are you distinguishing the two? Or are you not? Are they one and the same? Well, well, no, they're not one and the same. But the, the hormone is what gives people the hyperactivity. Mm. The, uh, the neurotransmitter is responsible for giving people intelligence. And that's why people with ADHD are actually usually very intelligent because mm-hmm. adrenaline gives them intelligence. Um, and the um, and the neurotransmitter enhances creativity. Mm, mm-hmm. So one gives the energy, the other gives <laughs> the activity. Yeah. So they yeah. so they do work together. They do. Yeah, but there could be a problem with that too. Like you said, when you have too much adrenaline, then you can't calm yourself down. But adrenaline can also be addictive, right? Like we hear of adrenaline junkies that seek out adrenaline to experience that high. What is the addiction? I mean, I mean, is adrenaline the root of all addiction on either side of needing the high or looking to come off the high? Well, now we're talking about two different addictions. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> you know, pe- people may be addicted to the excitement and getting involved with dangerous type sports uh, or whatever. But when people have again have a lot of um, adrenaline, it makes them anxious and angry and whatever, and they need something to relax mm. and they, you know that's an so they get addicted to drugs and alcohol again just to chill out mm-hmm. so there are different types of addictions 
but they're both caused by excess adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you mentioned in the first question that I asked about how adrenaline releases glucose for your brain, which obviously would have an impact on your blood sugar. We're kind of living in a world where everyone's looking to control their blood sugar or maybe even pushing into this ketone diet. Is Where does this adrenaline aspect fall on that category of what kind of lifestyle are we looking for to help maintain or regulate adrenaline? <laughs> okay, well, the thing about adrenaline, um, remember, its main function is to raise sugar levels for the brain. Right. And it doesn't matter whether people are eating sugar or if the body's making sugar. When sugar levels go up, the body releases insulin. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on the amount of insulin that, that's released, you, you know, you can actually wind up getting a low blood sugar. And again, that low blood sugar will again precipitate the release of more adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Um, the and keep in mind that in, insulin is the hormone that puts on fat around the middle. And but while we're on this subject, we can talk about the fact that uh, adrenaline peaks at two thirty in the morning. And two thirty in the morning is when people, most people, are, are lying in bed. Uh huh. Right. And the thing about adrenaline is a very powerful hormone. You know, that's where, you know, rage comes from. Yeah. So when the body releases adrenaline, it creates stress to the body. The body responds to stress by putting out another hormone called cortisol to deal with the stress. And the first thing cortisol does, it also raises sugar levels to deal with the stress. So now while people are lying in bed at night, they're putting out two hormones that raise sugar. And the whole thing thing about sugar is that it doesn't matter whether you're eating sugar or making it. If you don't burn it up, the body takes all this sugar and puts it into your fat cells for storage as Mm. fat. And I am convinced that excess adrenaline is probably the number one cause of weight gain and nobody ever talks about it. And this and what's happening is that people are actually putting on weight while they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So, so all those people that are dieting and exercising, whatever, and either can't lose weight or actually gain weight, it's because they're putting on weight while they're sleeping. Yeah, and that's what no one wants to hear because we we often, you know, pass blame on food or our diet, but really, there's a deeper cause, which is the adrenaline release. Well, it's certainly a cause that people should be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, what causes in, in in someone's life, what causes an, an excess of adrenaline? Well, that's simple. <laughs> that, uh, it's genetic, always genetic. If, so, if somebody has a lot of adrenaline, that means one or both parents have a lot of adrenaline. Mm-hmm. But can adrenaline dominance, I mean, from your book, it can look like, in some cases, weight loss too, and weight gain. If people use adrenaline to be hyperactive, they can actually lose weight. Mm-hmm. But usually, and, and when people are are hyperactive and they're not, they're not gaining weight, they're not losing, um, and they're also creative, these are what I call the mixed type ADHDs. Mm. And the heads of every major corporation, I suspect, have two different types of ADHD. Um, certainly, um, the head of Microsoft, yeah. Bill Gates, and... Steve Jobs were classic examples of people with two different types of ADHD. And this is why they were so successful. Is it necessary to control the ADHD? Is it necessary to control the adrenaline? Or is it so helpful that you have to learn how to just, I don't want to say live with it, but use it to your advantage? Well, yes. Um, when, When it comes to managing or treating excess adrenaline, um, you're in control. Mm-hmm. And and what will happen, you can keep as much adrenaline as you need for the creativity and for the <clears throat> and for the energy and whatever. Um, that's what's that's what's nice about, you know, knowing how to manage adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get all the benefits without the downside to it. Yeah. Now, in your book, you talked about the good, the bad and the ugly of adrenaline right. dominance. Can you fill us in in some of those categories? Just to broaden the scope to recognize how many things adrenaline is affecting. Well, you know, the um, the only condition I put in the good category is actually ADHD. Yeah. And and I know that surprises people, but 
But the fact is, is that the most intelligent, successful, creative people in the world have ADHD. So, you know, so on, on paper, it doesn't sound bad. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is that you can actually get rid of ADHD in 24 hours. Um, but there, there are a, a number of other conditions that are felt to be uh, incurable. And these I put in, into the, the ugly category. Yeah. Maybe some of your listeners have had to deal with a baby that with, with colic. Mm-hmm. And all night long, the baby's crying. But you can actually get rid of colic in about three to five minutes because that's caused by adrenaline. Mm-hmm. The uh, and bedwetting of children is considered to be incurable, and that's also you can get rid of in 24 hours. Um, ADHD, uh, as I mentioned, you can get rid of in 24 hours. Fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. again, considered incurable. Um, other conditions like PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, is considered incurable. Uh, hyperemesis gravidarum, <clears throat> women who vomit throughout their entire pregnancy. Uh, again, considered incurable, also caused by adrenaline. Um, the um, cyclical vomiting syndrome, which mm-hmm. uh, these are kids that start vomiting, they can't stop, they wind up being hospitalized. Again, considered in- in- incurable. Road rage is considered incurable. I mean, there are so many conditions, and these are all in the ugly category. Um, and then Bad, you know, and the bad category is just people that have problems with excess adrenaline, but not the not the ones that are considered incurable. Yeah, but right. you know, but anxiety uh, is the only cause of anxiety is actually excess adrenaline. Mm. So, what's the cure for excess adrenaline? I mean, you wrote your book kind of about this, but just dive in a little bit. Well, you you know, one of the downsides to our <clears throat> whole medical system is that doctors are not trained to treat the cause of illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exception would be the use of antibiotics. But aside from that, uh, doctors don't receive training in treating the cause of illness. They're trained to give out Band-Aids. Mm-hmm. So when people have depression or high blood pressure or diabetes, they're given drugs, but nothing but no attempt to treat the cause of why they had these problems. Now, when it comes to, again, excess adrenaline, it's important to treat the cause. Mm -hmm. And so what makes it relatively simple, there's only two reasons, again, why the body puts out adrenaline. One is if you're in danger, you know, it's a fight or flight hormone. But again, that's a rare reason. So what I mentioned before, the primary function of adrenaline is to raise sugar levels for the brain. So the logical assumption is that if you provide fuel to the brain, the body doesn't need to use adrenaline to do it. Mm-hmm. And and that, you know, so that's part of the approach to <clears throat> dealing with excess adrenaline. Uh, the brain uses two different fuels. You know, one is glucose, mm-hmm. which is the type of sugar that it uses. And the best source of glucose comes from vegetables. Mm-hmm. Now, people don't think of vegetables really as, as a source of sugar, but they are carbohydrates and they do break down into glucose, but they don't stimulate a lot of insulin. So this is what makes them preferred. You know, candy and soda are great sources of glucose, but they stimulate a lot of insulin, which lowers sugar levels Mm -hmm. and defeats the purpose. Now, the other fuel is even more important, and those are ketones. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure everybody's heard of a ketogenic diet, but there are ways of getting ketones without going into ketosis. Yeah. <clears throat> and that basically is, is the use of coconut oil or something called MCT oil, which comes from coconut oil, but they bo- both produce ketones. Mm-hmm. So, so ve- vegetables and coconut oil and MCT oil are the mandatory fuels that you need to lower adrenaline. And at the same time, the only other thing you need to add is progesterone cream. Mm-hmm. Now, most people, including doctors, think that progesterone is a woman's hormone. They don't realize that men and women have the identical hormones. Yeah. <laughs> now, men, men stop making progesterone around the age of 50. So, and, and it's after the age of 50 is that when men start developing prostate cancer and they start putting on weight around the middle. And that's because they've lost progesterone, so they have nothing to block estrogen or insulin anymore. But in any event, so, so progesterone... Um, is the hormone that actually blocks adrenaline, but you have to use the correct strength. And uh, and progesterone at a 5% strength, 5% means that each pump 
<clears throat> is 50 milligrams. And that's the exact strength you need to block adrenaline. Mm -hmm. So so that's basically the way to manage this whole problem. I, I go into this in obviously a little bit more <laughs> detail in my book, but but basically this is I just want people to to realize yeah, you know, the thing about adrenaline, um, if I could like diverge just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People should appreciate how common this is. It's the number one reason why people are trouble sleeping. Mm, mm -hmm. um, is adrenaline, you know, people that go to sleep and their mind races, that's adrenaline. Mm -hmm. uh, people that toss and turn or grind their teeth at night, that's adrenaline. People that have to get up at night to urinate, especially around 2.30 in the morning, again, adrenaline. And people with excess adrenaline, you know, they're quick to anger. They're a little bit short-fused. And they carry tension in the back of the neck, and that tension can cause tinnitus or actually cause headaches. And these headaches are always mistaken for migraines, but it's really a different type of headache called occipital neuritis. Um, and the, um, the when when people have a lot of adrenaline, they might have cold hands and cold feet because it it constricts blood vessels. You know, other things are blamed for all these conditions, like right. people that are constipated with irritable bowel syndrome. That's adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Because adrenaline cuts off the blood supply to the um, intestines because they're they're not needed for survival, and adrenaline is a survival hormone. Mm -hmm. How does um, progesterone act on adrenaline? Like, what is the function of progesterone? Like, how does it well, counteract well, adrenaline? Well, you know, I I suspect because there are no studies on this, mm -hmm. but I suspect that what it what um, progesterone does it blocks um, adrenaline receptor sites, and it fills it in. Right, I'm I'm not a a, mm -hmm. a researcher, so I, I but I I just surmise that this is how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Um, people that have a lot of adrenaline and they're anxious, or whatever, and they, and they put some some cream in their in their arm, they rub the two arms together. Within five minutes, they're going to feel nice, nice and relaxed. And the other thing they'll notice, they can focus a lot better mm -hmm. uh, instead of having their mind grace. No, I feel like when people listen to this and they talk about progesterone cream, I think anytime we start talking about hormonal use, people get really concerned about their natural release of progesterone or their natural flow of hormones. How is this interacting with that natural flow? Are we just supporting it or are we altering it? Well, you're actually supporting it. And there's no such thing as a progesterone stimulating hormone. Mm. So you're not going to suppress suppress the release of progesterone. Most people are low on progesterone to begin with anyway. Right. And and what's nice about progesterone, you can't overdose on it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's really fascinating because I think that's where we see a lot of contradictions with medication is people are always concerned about what's the toxicity or what's the level I'm going to start seeing uh, negative symptoms or negative outcomes because of this. But you're saying there's there's really no toxicity level to progesterone. I would say there's only one contraindication to the use of progesterone, mm -hmm. and that would be in people that have what are called type 3 diabetes. Yep. So explain that. Type 3 diabetes. The other name for it is insulin resistance in the brain. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a condition where, where the insulin in the brain has a real hard time getting sugar into the brain cells. And what's important about knowing about this condition it's one of the number one precursors to Alzheimer's disease. Mm, yeah. Um, people may have heard that using coconut oil, you can actually cure Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. um, and, that's, and that's true. Uh, and the reason for that, the coconut oil provides the MCT, which is the other fuel the brain needs. Mm -hmm. So when people can't get the glucose that the brain needs, they get the ketones. Mm -hmm. um, now, they don't have a test for type 3 diabetes. However, if somebody has type 3 diabetes and they don't know it and they use progesterone cream, they're going to get an immediate release of adrenaline. Mm. Um, because, and, and the reason for that is that one of the benefits of progesterone is that it actually creates some degree of what's called insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a benefit because it prevents people from getting sleepy in the afternoon <clears throat> when insulin peaks, and it prevents people from getting sleepy when they're driving. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And which is a, a, a really good benefit. But if people already have insulin resistance to begin with and they use progesterone to get more insulin resistance, it's even harder for the insulin to get glucose into the brain and the body puts out even more adrenaline immediately in response to that. Mm-hmm. So, so if people use progesterone and get an outpouring of adrenaline, um, they need to be concerned that. Again, if they don't have fuel in the brain, mm-hmm. which means they're not eating vegetables or using coconut oil, MCT oil, or they have insulin resistance in the brain mm. yeah. through diabetes. So, I mean, the keto diet is all the rage. Is Do you find that there, there's any benefit to doing that? Or it's it's simply just a matter of you need glucose or you need ketones? Well, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't recommend to people that they do the keto diet because mm-hmm. because it's a very difficult diet to right. accomplish. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and the problem with the keto diet is that people don't use vegetables. Mm-hmm. And so the brain isn't really getting glucose. They there's no question it's gonna be getting the ketones, but but the brain also needs the glucose. Mm-hmm. So I feel it's easier just to use coconut oil and MCT oil to get the ketones and continue with the vegetables. Right. I totally agree with that. Now, I want to go back to the use of progesterone cream. So after I learned about your work and started studying it, I had a daughter who had cyclical vomiting, and I was really really? uh, really nervous to start using it because she's a child, you know, and like you you start to think about all these things, but we did start using it. And it has, I mean, I would say cured her to some degree. I don't even feel like I need to continue to use it. So... Is that something you find with progesterone? Like once you start using it, do you feel like it's a forever thing or do you feel like it's a temporary fix as your body almost re-regulates itself? Or do you think your, do you think it's forever? Your daughter will always have the propensity to put out a lot of adrenaline. Right. But but so <clears throat> if she could could get acclimated to to eating correct, you know, eating mm-hmm. the vegetables and using the coconut, then she may not ever have a problem again mm-hmm. uh, and she may not even need the progesterone but you know the, the eating correctly is more important than the cream is yeah oh so, then yeah uh, so the cream is more she, like, like a supplement like all other supplements right it's there to back up what you should already be doing with your diet yes mm-hmm. um she can't hurt herself with the progesterone which is nice mm-hmm. yeah uh, that is nice and it is it's again it's really hard to understand because when we look at estrogen or testosterone, those are very different than a progesterone, correct? Yes. By the way, is your daughter very creative? She is. She's very creative. Yes. Yeah. She definitely has a propensity to be a little bit on the thinner side, a little bit of a failure to thrive in that, you know, the weight category. She had a lot of vomiting, car sickness, um, and that all has gotten significantly better. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But like I said, going back to that, you know, there's a lot of arguments on the other side with testosterone and estrogen. And once you start using those, but those are not the same thing as progesterone. Absolutely not. Those do have downsides to them. Now, there are other natural progesterone cream supplements. You're talking more about a bioidentical version of progesterone. I am. Can you explain the difference? Because I do see people who are trying to use kind of these natural progesterone creams, but that's different. Well, most, most creams, Mm -hmm. if it says bioidentical, they have to be bioidentical. Mm -hmm. Um, The ones that they need to be concerned about, a couple of things. Um, First of all, they never want to use an oral progesterone. And yet 90% of the progesterone that's prescribed today is oral. Why Um, is that? Because doctors have no training in hormone, they, mm-hmm. you know. But why? And, why not use oral? Oh, because you know it's going through the GI tract, and ninety percent of it will be going through the liver, that converts it into a different hormone called allopregnanolone. Mm. And so, oral progesterone is not progesterone, mm-hmm. and I never recommend it ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't. You know, I've, I've never had a patient that <laughs> that it, I, I can't tell people what it does, but it, it does not do what progesterone is supposed to do. So I, I wouldn't rely on it. Um, the, um, and the the other progesterone they need to be concerned about 
are synthetic progestins called progestins, like Provera. Mm -hmm. And these have all the same side effects as estrogen. Mm -hmm. And when you hear about cancer and progesterone, it's the synthetic progestins that -hmm. they have to be concerned about. Um, Bioidentical progesterone actually causes apoptosis of breast cancer cells. In other words, it kills breast cancer cells. So Mm -hmm. even though when women have breast cancer and they check to see if it's progesterone receptor site positive and estrogen receptor site positive. If it's progesterone receptor site positive, that's actually good because mm. the progesterone will go there and help kill the breast cancer cells. But doctors will see that and not give progesterone because mm-hmm. they don't know that progesterone kills breast cancer cells. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm just saying it's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is really good. So, if we circle back around and just come back to understand again, how do you tell if you're someone that needs to take a progesterone cream versus just diet or maybe you don't have this genetic trait at all? Well, I, if, if somebody has problems with excess adrenaline, I, uh, diet alone is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. They're going to need the progesterone cream. You know, just to give you an idea, I, I, I had a 47-year-old gentleman that came in to see me. And, and the reason he came in to see me is that every morning he would wake up and, and vomit. Mm. And the only thing that will cause that is excess adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And he had severe fibromyalgia, which is not surprising. And so I put some, some progestin cream on his, on his forearm. And we started talking again. And after about five minutes... He leaned back in his chair and he looked at me and he said, Doc, in my entire life, I have never felt this good. Mm. That's after mm-hmm. five minutes. So it's an important hormone. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's a natural antidepressant. You know, women that have what's called PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if your listeners not know, not aware of this, these are the women that for 10 days out of the month, nobody can live with them. Because yeah. they have severe anger issues and, and mood swings. And they don't know what causes it. They treat it with antidepressant. But again, it's caused by excess adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Um, and or women that are postpartum, they get postpartum depression. That's ju- only, solely due to a drop in progesterone, mm-hmm. you know, from, from when they were pregnant. You know, it's not hard to get people well. You just have to treat the reason why they're not well. Right. I, I, I need to say a couple of things. Um, yeah. The um, I I tell people to avoid saliva tests, mm-hmm. and saliva tests are very commonly done to to test hormones, and mo- mostly it's a naturopath type phenomenon, and and it's naturopaths that have, that have come up with the the diagnosis of a condition called adrenal fatigue, mm-hmm. and adrenal fatigue is entirely based, and they're getting low levels of cortisol in saliva. And when they see that, they diagnose adrenal fatigue. The problem is, is that when people have excess adrenaline, adrenaline is a survival hormone, and it cuts off blood supply to certain areas of the body not needed for survival. And that, again, that explains why people get cold hands and cold feet and why they get constipation from IBS. But it also cuts off blood supply to the salivary glands because they're not needed for survival either. Yeah. And... So when they do the uh, saliva test, the hormones don't get into the saliva. They have that low cortisol. If they did a blood test, they would actually find the cortisol levels are high. Mm. So they're they're treating people (laughs) very often with cortisol when they already have high cortisol levels. Mm -hmm. So I I tell people to avoid saliva tests when possible. If they get diagnosed with adrenal fatigue, it's a condition that does not exist. Um, adrenal fatigue is really adrenaline dominance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and what what we're talking about <laughs> about peripheral type thing? Uh, some people have dogs that have what's called separation anxiety, uh-huh. which is another condition caused by excess adrenaline. Mm-hmm. So you can actually put progestin cream in the dog's ear. Oh yeah. And, and in about thirty seconds. Their or a minute, their separation anxiety is gone. Yeah, and these are the dogs that are afraid of thunder and afraid of firecrackers. You can do the same thing. Uh huh. 
So when we, um, when we look at using a progesterone cream to help with adrenaline dominance, how often, and I know there's specific places that it's better to add a cream than other places on your body. The most common place to use progesterone is on the inner forearm, you know, between the wrist and the elbow. Yeah. And uh, what I work and they, and people can use this every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do suggest is that when they take a bath or a shower to use a, a loofah sponge and scrub the area to, to get the cream out of the pores, but you don't have to worry about the receptor sites. Is mm. it? And mm. then um, the, another good place, you know, usually when people have a lot of adrenaline, they carry a lot of tension in the back of their neck. And that's another good place to put it, to put progestin mm. cream. Uh, if people have what's called restless legs, <clears throat> restless leg syndrome, which again is caused by adrenaline. They need to put the cream on top of the thighs and massage it into the thighs. It'll go away in about 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Uh, People to get cramps in their calves and their feet, which is also adrenaline. Uh, They massage the cream into the cramp. And some of these cramps could be severe. I mean, Mm -hmm. severe. Um, And the the cramps should go away in about three minutes. Wow. How long does it act inside the body? Well, it's actually in the bloodstream for about six minutes. Oh, so not and, long. And re- no, because it attaches to so many receptor sites. Mm-hmm. Now, once it's attached to receptor receptor site, that's when it does its job. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so it can last for a couple of hours attached to the receptor site, but it's not in the bloodstream very long. So you need to use this multiple times a day. Well. Yes. Um, you, what's nice about progesterone, you cannot overdose on it. Mm-hmm. You could use it actually 30 times a day. You, you run out of it, but you won't mm-hmm. overdose on it. Um, yeah. Usually I start people with four times a day mm-hmm. uh, if they have a lot of adrenaline. And then as they're eating correctly, their adrenaline level will drop. And they cut it down to twice a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can just maintain there. Yeah. In I the morning so- or at yeah. night. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to remember, excuse me, adrenaline peaks at 2.30 in the morning. In the morning, yeah. So I actually recommend that people eat something before going to sleep uh-huh. because the brain literally runs out of fuel around 2.30 in the morning. That's why adrenaline comes out. Mm-hmm. And so some leftover vegetables is always good and, mm-hmm. and some progestin cream right before that. And they should sleep throughout the whole night. Um a side dish that I recommend sometimes is is some sweet potatoes that have been sliced up and fried in coconut oil. Oh, yeah. That way mm-hmm. you get both nutrients. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up discovering progesterone and adrenaline? Like, wh- where did this start? <laughs> you know, I, I started getting involved with hormones after my, 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 my mother died of breast cancer at the age of 61. Mm-hmm. And right after she died, I realized that I had I had inherited her hormones. Remember, men and women had the same hormones. Yeah. And the breast cancer, I knew she was low in progesterone. She had a little, she had a belly on her, the only mm-hmm. place. And the only thing that puts on fat around the middle is insulin. So mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe there's a connection between progesterone and insulin. And at that time, I used to have to slap my face when I was driving, trying to keep my eyes open. And mm-hmm. so I knew that I was putting out a lot of insulin. So I, I started using progesterone cream. And from that day, I never got sleepy in a car after that, ever. Mm-hmm. So I knew. So that got me very interested in hormones. And I tried to learn as much as I could. I opened up a clinic, and you know, dealing with bioidentical hormones. And what was nice is that I usually spent about two hours with each patient. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was able to see people before and after they started getting on hormones. And that's how I learned about hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I saw some kind of connection between a lot of them because they, they had a lot of symptoms like trouble sleeping. They had some anger issues. And and I. I sort of determined that the only thing that can, could explain all these different symptoms would be adrenaline. And that's when mm-hmm. I started looking at adrenaline. Um, you know, women that are pregnant and they have a baby that does a lot of kicking in the womb, you know, that's adrenaline. But these are the babies 
or the fetuses that will wind up having colic <laughs> when they're born. And colic is, is purely adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just started looking for things that, you know, about adrenaline. And so I decided to write a book. But what's interesting is that why hasn't somebody else, you know, <clears throat> commented or studied adrenaline? I, you right. know, it's, it's so pervasive as it for different uh-huh. conditions. I don't, Why do you think we aren't studying it? Well, you know, it could be, you know, drug companies control our whole medical system. Mm-hmm. And drug companies, you know, they control the medical board, they control the FDA, they control what doctors learn in medical school. Mm-hmm. And doctors had, and drug companies have no interest in people being healthy. The last mm-hmm. thing they want. So anything that with doctors learn how to treat the cause of illness, they will try to prevent that from happening. So yeah. I could see why they wouldn't want doctors to, to learn about adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so, it makes it an easy fix. Well, they won't, you know, the medical board went after me and, and I've never harmed a patient. They, they never got a complaint from a patient, but they had complaints from doctors about me that I was taking their patients off their drugs, which I did mm-hmm. do. Because when, mm-hmm. when you treat the cause of illness, they don't need drugs. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> the medical boards are funded by drug companies, so they went after me. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at the use of progesterone and decreasing adrenaline, adrenaline would also spike your inflammation rates, correct? So if you can decrease inflammation in the body, you can decrease the use of a lot of medications. A lot. Yeah, <laughs> almost all of them, right? Because almost well, every disease is inflammatory related. Well, you know, certainly the antidepressants and the anti-anxiety agents. And- uh-huh. So I see some people using progesterone. I mean, I don't remember who it was. Some celebrity used it in like a face cream and they're putting it on their faces and other parts of their body to give this anti-aging effect. Is that beneficial? Like, is that is that acting in an anti-aging way if you smear it on your face? Well, actually, the the more if they're concerned about anti aging, mm-hmm. then they really should put it on their forearm because what mm-hmm. they they want to reduce, you know, adrenaline is the number one reason why our telomeres get shortened. Mm-hmm. You know, the telomeres are at the end of chromosome and determine how long we live. And so, if you want to live longer, you want to reduce adrenaline. Probably mm-hmm. the number one thing that speeds up the aging process. So why your forearms? Is it just because it's it has good blood flow and it doesn't have a lot of fat? The skin is thin and there is a good blood supply. The face also, you know, has a good blood supply. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad place to put it. But you but, don't, but the, the, the effects are going to happen from the inside out, not necessarily just acting on the outside on your skin. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this information is so fascinating and I feel like, I think when I first heard it, it took a, a little while to simmer, you know, like to kind of brew around in your head because it does seem like, man, why haven't we heard about this? Because it does seem so easy in a sense mm-hmm. to fix, I, I agree. to deal with, to, you know, overcome so many problems. And I mean, obviously in my own life, I've seen massive benefit from it. But I think, again, just like going back when I explain it to other people, I think the thing that people keep coming back to is, well, how is this going to affect my estrogen? How is this going to affect my testosterone? But really, it should just help regulate those other two. I mean, you kind of said they're not related, but are is there a relation there? Well, maybe the, the you know, progesterone, because it blocks adrenaline, it'll help mm-hmm. lower blood sugar. And mm-hmm. that will lower insulin. And insulin is another hormone that speeds up the aging process. So, right. So that, and the other thing about progesterone, it actually causes weight loss. It's mm-hmm. a thermogenic hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other thing is, is that most people that do have a lot of adrenaline are also going to be low in thyroid. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that um, is that um, adrenaline creates stress to the body and the body puts out cortisol and cortisol is, is an antithyroid hormone. It prevents mm-hmm. T4 from converting to T3, and it causes T3 to convert into reverse T3 in any event. So usually when people have a lot of adrenaline, they're low in thyroid. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
they may find that as soon as their adrenaline level goes down, that underactive thyroid kicks in and they feel mm-hmm. tired. So mm-hmm. it's just something that they should think about. That. Mm-hmm. So then you would have to deal with that issue. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you see that a lot where you have, where you start dealing with this problem and then you see more issues come out? Or do you feel like the majority of your patients are going to start taking progesterone and start feeling better right away? Well, usually you see positive issues <laughs> come mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Very rarely negative issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it's all uncovering that. So when you see someone start progesterone cream, what are a few things that you know that people have experienced that you have seen in your practice? Like these are some of the things that we have seen drastic changes in. Well, um, have you ever heard of a condition called chronic interstitial cystitis? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, it's, it's in that category of incurable. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember some gal came to see me and she'd been to doctors all over the world to have this condition fixed. And six months here, she lived in Saudi Arabia and six months she lived here. And in any event, um, two weeks after she left my office, I got, I got a, a, a note from her and she, she, she sent, she sent a Rolex watch to thank me. She <laughs> said, you she said you are a miracle doctor. Um, let me tell you something. It's very rewarding to get people well again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that all the time. People that, you know, just thank me. Mm-hmm. Ch- changing their lives. Um, but it's not hard to get people well. You just, like I say, just need to treat the, the reason why they're not well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap this up, what are a few just overall tips and advice that you want to leave people with? Like if people are struggling with something, what what do you tell them? Well, it just said, you know, people need to become what's called proactive about their health. They, they can't rely on a medical system that has no interest in their being healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to say that, but, but you know, they, you know, they go to the doctors, they get checkups, they complain about this, <laughs> but, but they, they really need to know, learn more about the, how their own body functions. You know, I've written two books. Um, one is called Adrenaline Dominance. The other book is called The Miracle of Bioidentical Hormones. And I, and I talk about a lot of conditions that people get that are felt incurable and, and how well they do just, just by getting the hormones back in balance. You know, even something as simple as asthma. Um, usually just using progesterone gets rid of asthma. Um, you know, and have you ever heard of stress incontinence in women? Yeah. You know, if they cough or sneeze and anyway, and because women lose that muscle control around the urethra. Mm-hmm. So they're told to do Kegel exercises. <laughs> well, you can Kegel 24 hours a day without testosterone. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to build any muscle. Mm-hmm. So my book talks about it, you know, how to, you know, use testosterone to treat that. and in three to six days, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then they have another called another incontinence called urgency incontinence, where women are running to the bathroom, but they can't hold it, and they get a little bit of leakage. And again, that's caused by adrenaline. And mm-hmm. on television, they call it an overactive bladder. And but again, that you know that, that goes away very simply just by lowering adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I guess the point is is that people need to learn about their bodies. And mm-hmm. so, um, <laughs> anyway, um, so, so that's why I wrote those books. So people could learn how they can get better just by getting the hormones back in balance. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Your books are amazing. I've read them. They're definitely worth purchasing and reading through because it does open the door and it goes in. Uh, a lot more detail than we could get on on today's show about adrenaline dominance and answers a lot of questions. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your information. Where <laughs> where can people learn about you? And you also sell your own progesterone cream, which I find really uh, beneficial because there's a lot in the market and this just makes it clear that this is a good source, a good brand and the right dosage. Yeah. <clears throat> well, my uh, website is Platt Wellness, P-L-A-T-T, platwellness.com. And we do have a 5% progesterone cream, but 5% is the strength 
that I determine is the exact strength you need to block adrenaline. Mm. And um, and we there's a, a meal plan on there to to lower adrenaline if people need it. Um, they could they could get my books on there either an ebook or or the hardcover. And there's a lot of information on my website. So yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, and I will make sure and link all of that up in the show notes, but I do appreciate you being here and sharing your <laughs> okay. information with us. So thank you so much. Well, it's been my pleasure. I mean, he has an incredible load of information and I hope that you found that just as fascinating as I did. And honestly, I learned so much, even though I've been studying his work and listening to his lectures for the last few years. So I hope you love that as much as I did. Make sure you check out Dr. Platt at plattwellness.com. They have phenomenal customer support and he even answers questions himself. If you have any questions, head on over to plattwellness.com, leave your contact information in the contact section, and then check out all of his other blog posts and products that he has to offer. Also, if you're looking for more information on today's show, take things to another level and really start to implement action, I have a whole list over at thelivingwell.com as I break down today's show. Again, you can find all of that at thelivingwell.com. While you're there, sign up for my email list called The Weekly Fill, dropping you weekly tips, tricks, and hacks to fill your life. And also, if you love this show, would you take a few minutes to share it with your friends and family? I know you get asked this all the time, but it truly does mean the world to me as we grow the show and help other people who wouldn't otherwise hear about it, learn more, and join us on the journey of living out health that's already inside of us. So take a screenshot of it, share it in an email, send it to your friends and family, and let them know about Made for Living Well. I'll be back with another podcast very soon. In the meantime, here's to living well.